Welcome to the Sister Time Podcast. Hello again. With my co-host, Maddie Howard, who is a cave beast from the year 2199 and cannot be trusted around small animals. Abby Howard, my sister, was hewn from a solid lump of hemlock wood and breathed into life by a witch. On full moons, she transforms into a swan. Abby, how has your week been? Oh, it's it's been pretty good. There were crazy drunk people in my street at one point. Also, I watched a documentary on burn victims and thought a lot about their beans. Their, uh, their dingle dongles. Why is that the first thing that you thought about? Well, of course it's not the first thing, but you can't help What's thinking about thing? it. First thing is, huh, they're burned. But then it's like, well, if their fingers are burned off, then that means other extremities are burned off. What about their dingle dangles? What about their dinkuses? <laughs> and for, you know, people with vaginas, what about those? What about the vagoons? The what? The vagoons, Maddie. Is that, what is, when is that even from? Like, what time period? From now. It's from right now when I said it. Vagoon. Really? It sounds like something that would be from, like, the 1800s. Is it, like, lagoon? No, it's just vagina, but vagoon. <laughs> I love how I know for a fact that our grandparents will listen to this. Well, hey, this is a very important topic. What right. about burn victims' private parts? What about that? <laughs> I want a special on this. I want to see the conversation between a doctor and patient that's just like, so I want to have sex, but I'm a burn victim. What do? That would actually be really interesting. I bet TLC would do it. I told this to my roommate, and then he left the room. <laughs> What about the drunk people on your street? What was that about? They, well, at first I thought that they were killing someone because there was a woman who was screaming a lot. And I assumed, of course, that these insane drunk bro men were killing someone. But turns out they were all just very upset because they had been locked out of their apartment and they wanted to go out partying. But first they had to take care of this. So they walked up to my door, which was terrifying because, of course, I assumed they had just murdered someone in the street and I had witnessed it. But uh turns out they just wanted a ladder so that they could go up to the second story window of their apartment and break in. But Did you give them a ladder? I don't have a ladder that can go up two stories. No one does. So how was your week, Madeline? Well, let's see. We're looking for someone to take my spot in my apartment. I think we maybe just found someone. We saw a lot of people. Craigslist is a strange land full of the unloved. Um, mm. I went to a play last night that was really great. Tristan and Isolt. What? It's Tristan and Isolt. It was really great. Everyone should go. The Knee High Theater Company did it, and it's super great. They're in Boston until the 15th. Don't trust Maddie. Her tastes are intellectual. No, it was really good. Nope. Sorry. Your plays are boring and dumb. Also, I learned how to make McDonald's chicken nuggets at home. This is a dangerous skill. I now have Forget it immediately. chicken nuggets in my refrigerator. I'm so sorry, Maddie. I loved you while you lived. Today's Sister Time podcast will be about adventures in Dinosaur City. In Adventures in Dinosaur City, Timmy and his friends find themselves transported to another dimension where cool dino people and lave cavemen battle for dominance in a prehistoric world. The tagline of the film... That's on the DVD cover is, before there were turtles, the world was ruled by dinosaurs. Which is just, why would your DVD cover, for one thing, throw shade on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which came out before this, and also just be extremely inaccurate. (laughs) Because (laughs) Because turtles turtles came long before dinosaurs. Why does it say that? It doesn't work in two ways, because for one thing, this is 
nowhere near Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in terms of like funness. Yeah. Or like interestingness. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Also, the actual title in the credit sequence is Dinosaurs, not Adventures in Dinosaur City. And there is not even a Dinosaur City in the film. <laughs> there is Sore City and uh, Tar Town, but there is no Dinosaur City. So they have no Adventures in Dinosaur City. Maybe Sore City is just like the nickname. Like it's like the Big Apple for Dinosaur City. So the thing is, they're not actually transported back to like prehistoric times. Can you explain, Abby, the thing? Can you So Timmy's parents are scientists of some kind, and they're trying to create a dimensional teleporter, we assume. We never actually and, know uh, what their science is about. They're just scientists doing... All we know is they tossed an orange at this vortex, and horrible animation happened, and then it was shot back out, and they were like, success, and then left. <laughs> Timmy and his friends have this VHS, and they were watching this horrible show called Dinosaurs or something, and it's... It looked awful. It was, like, beyond terrible. But they made us watch the entire sequence of the opening titles, which was very long, several minutes long. It looked awful and had lots of sex jokes in it, even though it was, like, for kids? Which is how this whole film is, really. Mm -hmm. So Timmy's parents leave, and then they go into the lab after they were like, don't go in the lab, Timmy. Mm -hmm. Naturally, they go in, and then they have this VHS of their favorite shows about dinosaurs and cavemen, and they plop it into the uh, magical... Scientists, the the vortex apparently has a VCR attached, so they just plop that VHS into it, and then are uh, transported to their favorite show. Yeah, so they're like teleported into an. Well, so me and Abby have conflicting ideas about what this machine is supposed to do, because so what I think it is is it's a magical. It would have to be magical, like holodeck type thing, where you like put a piece of fiction into it and it creates a new world and you go into it which would make all kinds of ridiculous things possible like if this is a machine where you can put a vhs into a machine and like transport yourself physically into another world that doesn't even exist like you could make something up put it into the machine and then get transported to your imaginary new dimension like that would be insane and you can also bring things back with you You could go into, like, I don't know, uh, Ender's Game or something. Go in there, get, like, the thing that blows up entire planets, take it back with you, and you'd have, like, a super weapon. Like, any technology that humankind has imagined can be real, right? But I assume it would have limitations based on, like, the properties of our dimension versus the properties of that dimension. There is a remote control that they take into the VHS dimension with them, and it has, like, time-stopping powers and, like, deleting powers and that kind of stuff. Like that Adam Sandler movie. Yeah, like that. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) But then, of course, in our dimension, it's just a normal remote control that only works on TVs. So if it's, like, a book dimension or something, then it would have, like, properties of books or whatever. So blowing up a whole planet might just blow up a book in our dimension. Like the Pagemaster. Oh, hey, yeah, like Pagemaster. Oh my god, this is totally like the Pagemaster. That's vaguely like the Pagemaster. (laughs) With dinosaurs. It's, yeah, sure. Anyway, my theory is that these alternate dimensions already exist. Like, every universe that you've created is a universe that actually exists. Because, I mean, look, everything is infinite. And if there's a universe for every time I make a decision or toss a coin, then there's a universe for every person who's made up some weird dumb story. Like, there's a universe for every fictional thing? Like, you think there's a universe where, like, Oliver Twist really happened? I mean, I don't think this in real life. Oh. That would be dumb. 
but for the property, like in the film, sure. Okay. I think it would be fun to think that, Not that somewhere they spend any my characters time are alive. Talking about this or discussing it in any way, they just get like plopped down into this like cartoon that they know and within like maybe five minutes they've just accepted what's happened to them there's no moment where they're just like whoa how are we gonna get home (laughs) or like they love this show so right so they're basically they're just kind of excited they're like oh my god and the girl character's like i get to meet my favorite dinosaur who i want to make out with which is weird all of the uh all of the dinosaurs have you never wanted to make out with a dinosaur what's wrong with you i've never wanted to make out have you wanted to make out with a dinosaur of course not. Which one? That would be Which ridiculous. Dinosaur? Let's let's move on. No, no, no. Line. I want to know. Look, just basically any dinosaur. You... <laughs> Except the really big ones, because their mouths are too big Wait, to make out with. So, okay, so you'd make out with, like, a small dinosaur. Maybe, like, dog-sized dinosaur? Like, Velociraptor, maybe? You'd make out with a Velociraptor? Well, I would kiss it on the face. <laughs> I wouldn't, like... Plus, if it, no, I would make out with it if it were humanoid and had a personality, which is the case here. So these dinosaurs are not actual dinosaurs. They're just humanoid dinosaurs. We don't see any actual dinosaurs, except, uh, what's his face? The Dimorphodon, the flightless Dimorphodon. He's he's not really a humanoid, but he talks like a person and also is attracted to humans. Whoa. But there are also all of these actual sized dinosaur bones lying around. Above the But they're ground, all bones. Like, we don't see any. Thing. Oh, yeah, they're above the ground as well. Sometimes they're used in, like, cars. They just have, like, bones on them. Which is, like, what happened? What happened to those dinosaurs? Because they didn't bury them, so it's not like it's their people. Like, but they also didn't... They have a graveyard, though. They have a graveyard where all of the dinosaur bones are just above the ground. Like an elephant graveyard. Well, I mean, that could probably just be, like, a dinosaur thing where they don't bury themselves. Yeah, they just maybe. let themselves be taken by the elements. Because there are actually human societies that do that as well, so that's, you know, pretty cool. Oh, yeah. So I have a ridiculous theory about it. Uh-huh. So there are also cavemen. Uh, they're kind of lame and stupid, right. but it's they're cavemen. It's basically kind of like if the Flintstones were like a little bit edgier. Yeah, and the dinosaurs are not slaves. They're just kind of in charge of the place. In fact, the dinosaurs have all this advanced technology, and the humans are just like living in dirt yep. and squalor and don't give a shit and wearing like a fur. Yeah. The dinosaurs were going to go extinct. They knew that their time was up unless they adapted somehow. So they decided to hybridize themselves with the cavemen. And that's why we have these humanoid dinosaurs. Because it was like the only way to save themselves from whatever thing was going to make them go extinct. Maybe some kind of disease that the humans were uh, immune to. Anyway, so now we have these humanoid dinosaurs that are also attracted to humans. And then the humans seem to be attracted to dinosaurs? Because it's one of the more troubling aspects of this cartoon is that there is at least one implying that there are very many dinosaur prostitutes. This film is not for children. <laughs> but it is. But though. it was definitely marketed to children. Yeah. Anyway. Speaking of not they're like, It's not even like, oh, a little bit of innuendo. It's like overt sex jokes. And it's just like, but okay, fine, sure. I wonder if we're going to anyway. encounter that a lot. Like, I wonder if a lot of our childhood treasures actually have a lot of like hidden sex jokes in them. Not like this one. <laughs> the Odyssey had no sex jokes at all. That's true. Josh Kirby also didn't have any sex Are jokes. Are you sure? I mean, it didn't stand out. But this one, it's, like, pretty yeah. obvious, and it's very uncomfortable. Be- it's like they're trying to go for some kind of Ren and Stimpy kind of thing, where they're like, ah, ha, ha, or raucous, oh. and there's this cave woman who is just, like, so scantily clad. Of course, a bimbo, and she's just, like, ugh, so sexual at all times. 
and the dinosaurs are always commenting on her and it's like no why are the dinosaurs looking at the butt of the lady it makes no sense they're uh speaking of not for children the three main human characters who like travel through the time to get there it's confusing how old they are we later figured out that the actor who plays timmy who's kind of the lead like he's supposed to be the little boy who like his parents are the scientists and he's the one whose idea it is to put the vhs in he's 16 years old wait in this movie in this movie he's 16 years old he looks 10 what yeah and then the thing is those other people with him look so okay so they look 20 the movie (laughs) they look 20 like the movie starts and they're all sitting around on timmy's bedroom floor reading their fan fiction aloud to each other of this, like, dinosaur show, which is basically the Flintstones. It's, like, this bizarre triad of people who are erotically obsessed with this show. And I- Well, at least the girl character is, because she has a huge crush on the, like, dude dinosaur. Rex. And then uh, Timmy, of course, makes a lot of fun of her for it. Right. And it's because treated, though... dinosaur stories don't have romance in them. God. Yeah, but it's treated as if it's an innocent typical teenager thing to like sit around on this 10 year old boy's floor and the two people he's with are this woman jamie and man mick and i say woman and man because they're easily 20 years old like they could be even older than that but i think the movie they dressed him down a little bit but it did not work no i think because they were definitely still 20 that they're like 16 17 even but their then. mental age is so much lower than that. Yeah. Like, they are not even 16-year-old level of intelligence or socialization or whatever. But Timmy Timmy seems to be the oldest mentally of all of them. <laughs> and yet he's, like, 10 years old. Also, you don't name a 16-year-old Timmy. If they were trying to go for a 16-year-old, Tim. it would not be... It'd be Timothy. Also, Tim, the actor like who played Greg. Timothy, we later figured this out, is the lead in Erie, Indiana. I had no clue. Not only is this kid the lead in Erie, Indiana, but he's also the lead in Hocus Pocus. And the whole time... So he actually has real jobs. The whole time and I, then this I didn't one. recognize him. I just was like looking at him, not even thinking he looked familiar at all. Me neither. I was just like some kid. But maybe it was because the quality of the film was so bad. Yeah, maybe so. Like, not only the script and everything involved in the film but also just like it was very pixelated and dark yeah and didn't you have because, a version that had like know. hard-coded greek subtitles yes i did uh it was pretty easy to ignore after a second that's good i just watched it on youtube because it's there in its entirety oh dang it why didn't i just look there <laughs> so the film also starts with this really long illustration sequence of stuff that's gonna happen in the movie and it has this style of drawing that i cannot stand yeah. So it was already bad, off to a bad start. It's like nails on a chalkboard it, uh, level. Because it was like this style that was very popular in like the mid-90s or something. That's just like a lot of squiggly lines and like yeah. weird angles and like crazy looking faces and lots of teeth. And it ugh, just makes me really uncomfortable. <laughs> but I think this person was like using them as like a, an inspiration instead of like actually the person who made that stuff that I hate. Yeah. I looked that guy up. Who is it? And I think he works on Adventure Time now. But he also worked on Rocco's Modern Life, which, you know, the style makes a lot of sense with that. Oh, yeah. Kind of like weird squiggly lines and uncomfortable angles. Yeah. Anyway, so he must have been real young when he worked on this if he did actually, like, his name is not common. Anyway, I don't want to... You don't want to say it out loud because you're worried that he's going to find you and write hate mail? He's going to be like, how could you? It was my earliest work. Why would you do this to me? Oh, you're being empathetic. That's so nice. Yeah, I'm pretty great. (sighs) 
pretty wonderful. Man, you're the best sister ever. Anyway, so uh, our main characters, Timmy, very selfish, very young, we assume, also is the only one who actually lives in this house, I guess. Yeah. And then is friends with these two people, Jamie and Mick. Jamie is a woman and is apparently like love struck or whatever and everyone hates her for it and makes fun of her for it and she has glasses and that's her character glasses <laughs> and Mick Mick is so clueless and dumb he's not a jock you would assume he would be a jock but he's also a super nerd who just happens to look kind of like a jock he's like, and is yeah, he's so like a dumb nerd and he's the worst actor in the world and he's just so stupid I oh god I mean I'm usually pretty forgiving when it comes to characters I try to see the good side of everyone i try to be like no this is still valuable like we may not like him but he's still like a good character he's a bad character he's badly written he's badly acted the actor is like he's got a dumb face like everything about him is the worst like i don't remember a single thing that he did i remember he had that delivery you know this delivery it's so i know this is like terrible to say out loud but it reminds me so much of like a middle school drama kid like, that's basically oh. the level of acting that we're talking about. Like, he'd be, like, walking across a bridge, and he'd be like, water. I hate water. Water is the worst. And then he'd, like, fall into the water. And then he'd be like, oh my god, this is my nightmare coming true. But he wouldn't emote that much. I don't know. Oh god, he was, oh, he was the worst. <laughs> so we also have some dinosaur characters. There is, uh... Well, dinosaur people what's hybrid. What's his face? Dino men oh characters. That's so creepy. What is the name of the Dimorphodon? Fori? Fori. Because the thing is, all of the names of the like dinosaurish characters, the dinosaur people hybrid characters, are related to their dinosaur names, which is kind of like one of those things where it's like, aren't there a bunch of you? And why would you be Rex? Why do you get to be Rex when there are like... Well, there didn't seem to be a whole lot of them, though. Maybe not. Maybe the hybridization was still young and they only made so many. They, like, made a few for each species. So are you hypothesizing, like, full-on dinosaur scientists? Yeah, because they have a reactor that keeps all the lava from, like, floating into their cities, but which I, is stupid. I Why thought that was something move, that but... the dinosaur hybrids made after the big dinosaurs died out. Do you think the big dinosaurs made the dinosaur hybrids and then the dinosaur hybrids, like, took the science? How did that work? I think it was definitely that. Huh. Uh, I think the like human dino hybrids, of course, would be able to function on their own and would have all of the stuff that the actual dinosaurs left for them. Uh-huh. But also, I don't know. So all the other dinosaurs would die and just kind of leave them all their stuff. And I feel like it's kind of a recent thing. So you think that like giant actual dinosaurs with no thumbs at all managed to create genetic breeding laboratories? Yeah, man. Yeah, they have their own ways. They have mouths. They would find tools of their own, Can you imagine especially a birds. Who could use okay, look, but velociraptors have like they're well, not velociraptors. Truodons, of course, were the ones who would have obtained sentience at some point. <laughs> but uh, somebody actually did like this really cool series of illustrations, like what if dinosaurs had gone through like the Paleolithic era, era and like the Bronze Age and all that stuff. Huh. It was really cool stuff. Um, he just kind of, like, illustrated not... God, the worst is that when the study came out that Truodon could have someday become sentient, somebody was like, aha, I know what this means, and then drew an illustration of a dinosaur-human hybrid and was like, yes, that's what they would look like, because, of course, sentience means a person. You look like a person. And it's like, no, no. 
But this person was like, okay, no, that's stupid. Uh-huh. No. I was like, designed a bunch of stuff that a bird or a dinosaur would be able to use. It was really cool. That's awesome. So the yeah. dinosaur characters, we've got three main ones. Uh, we have Fori, who is a flightless dimorphodon, which is kind of... I really give him credit for not going with a pterosaur, like another pterosaur, instead of, you know, it, like it's Petrie. good that they went like with one. Like Petrie. Like Petrie. Oh my god. Who is very small. I haven't thought about Petrie in so long. Ah, nice. Aww. Anyway, so Dimorphodon. Good choice, guys. And they almost got his face shape right, so that's good. Then there's Rex, who is like, you know, a T-Rex, and is so grimdark. He's so grimdark. <laughs> Every other sentence, he stares into the distance and says, Father... Why? Because there's some weird shit with his dad. Like, his dad betrayed people or whatever, but then it turns out that he was actually just drugged by the main villain, and the main villain has him captive in his cell or something. Ooh. Stupid. Very 100% predictable twist. <laughs> <laughs> just like, of course, Rex's dad is not actually evil. Right. Nobody's dad is actually evil. No, they're always just misunderstood. Right. So Rex is gambling and stuff, and like always so upset. And then he has his friend, Tops, predictably a, a Triceratops, except his head is incorrect. <laughs> so incorrect. He's kind of like the fun side character. Yeah. Like, I'm the sidekick. I get to have fun with my grimdark companion, Rex. And he's supposed to be basically Rodney Dangerfield, I think. Like, he's got, like, the sort of, like, starey, bobbly eyes, and he has this voice that's clearly supposed to be, like, a reference to Rodney Dangerfield. I'm, I think I should propose that we play this game every time we watch one of these shows. We should do, like, a one degree of separation from a horror movie because so far we have, like, Josh ah. Kirby is, like, one degree separated from Puppet Master. This one has a great one, which was that the guy who plays the really bad guy, whose name is Mr. Big, and he's an Allosaurus. Um, which doesn't... it. <laughs> T-Rexes are bigger than Allosaurus. Also... Mr. Big has this stupid nose horn. The nose horn is something that goes back to Iguanodon, like one of the first dinosaurs ever actually put together. And somebody put it together wrong and put the thumb spike on the nose. I assume that that's where they got that kind of imagery from, was like stupid depictions of dinosaurs based on this first depiction of dinosaurs. But maybe they were just like, let's put a cool spike on his nose. Anyway, you were saying. So the guy who is in the suit, so not the guy who does the voice, but the guy who's actually like the hulking monster in the suit, um, played Leatherface in the third Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so all of these actors, this is definitely one where I wouldn't think that anybody else in this whole show had ever done anything else. Like, I was just watching it going like, oh god, this is the only acting job that any of these people have ever had. But a lot of them actually are kind of, like, a big deal, which is bizarre. Huh. Anyway, um, so what kind of lessons do you think we got from this? A thing that the movie deals with that I think is fun or interesting, Timmy of course, is in one of his favorite shows and doesn't want to leave. And of course, at the end, he has to leave. He has to go home. And everyone's just like, look, there are all these people who you have to go home to. They're going to miss you. Like, you're important to people there. And he's just like, but I want to live in this dinosaur dimension forever. Of course he does. It's a dinosaur dimension. You would live there forever. Why would you ever want to leave? Except the cavemen suck. I hate that. And all the lava. And also, it just looks really shitty. Kind of the lesson of the movie is you might think that you want to be someone else, but you have your own story. Which is very cool. Yeah. It's unexpected from such a shitty movie. Yeah. Yeah, Timmy. All the Timmys out there. You might think that your life sucks, but somebody else thinks your life is awesome. Remember that. Oh. But all, it's not just like, hey, 
shut up already, don't complain. Like, you should also strive to have a fun life. Like, you should go on adventures of your own, as the dinosaurs say. Oh, Yay, that's, that's nice. That's really heartwarming. That's good stuff. Especially, oh man, when I was a kid, I didn't want to be me. Oh. I was fat and weird. It was bad. Oh. I wanted to be anywhere else. I was just like, I want to go somewhere else i would walk around in the woods for hours just like someday eventually i will fall into the pit that transports me to some world that is more fun where people don't care that i'm fat and weird (laughs) and i have superpowers and maybe i have turned into somebody else who is not fat and weird then i grew up and i wound up being super cool so you know what everybody don't worry about it you're fine let your light shine yeah let that mm -hmm. This movie spoke to you. If you could get transported into any cartoon, which one would you pick? Korra. The Legend of Korra. I want to be a bender in Korra, but I want to be a really cool one. What would you bend? Well, I took a few tests, of course. Of course. I took some online quizzes that said I would be a waterbender. I thought I would be firebender, but you know what? Waterbender is pretty cool because then I can bend blood, so I want to be a bloodbender. So, and have that also not be illegal. So you'd want to be a bloodbender in Legend of Korra. That's pretty that badass, cool. actually. I'm not sure what I would want to be in, actually. Steven oh, you know what? You know, oh, I know. I would be... Well, can I be someone? Yeah, why not? Okay, cool. Um, I would like to be Mabel. Oh, Mabel in Gravity in Falls. In Gravity Falls. I want to be Mabel yeah. in Gravity Falls. I feel like that's already kind of my personality type. And so it makes sense. Also, she's voiced it by is. Kristen Schaal. Who wouldn't want to be Kristen Schaal? What? A very beautiful aspiration. Both of us, we have good plans. Yeah. Despite that uplifting and heartwarming message, we would not recommend watching this one. Yeah, don't watch it. It's really terrible. (laughs) Like, the other two, Uh, we've been like, oh, yeah, you should watch this. Like, this is fun. This is worth it. This one's not worth it. As much as this one actually was recommended to us by my boyfriend, Brendan, who is delightful, he's just like, oh, man, like, I recommended ones that you guys didn't like. And we were like, no, it's probably good that we have one that we didn't like. To show that we don't just like everything. Because now we've got, like, Josh Kirby, which was okay. And then we had The Odyssey, which we loved. And now we have this one, which we hate. (laughs) Maddie, what were some of the highs and lows for you? Let's see. Well, the high for me was probably that I actually kind of thought the effects were pretty good. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. Like, like it was actually kind of acceptable. Like, the mouths would move, and it kind of looked... It was, like, not definitely not, like, Chuck E. Cheese level. Like, it was, like, way higher animatronics than that. Um, My low was probably that halfway through, Jamie smashed her glasses and then just didn't need them. Did you notice that? Like, she, like, suddenly didn't have glasses, and she just kind of, like, yeah. Mick stepped on them because he's an asshole. Yeah. God, and she had that moment where she was like, my glasses, my glasses. Right? And she's, like, you know, clawing her way across the floor looking for her glasses. She finally sees them. Who the fuck knows how? Because she doesn't have her glasses on, so how does she see them? Like, they're- And they're huge glasses. They're not just, like, little tiny glasses. No, those are glasses. fucking thick. Like, they're, like, an inch thick. Then Mick, like, jumps up and down because he just punched somebody in the face and feels really good about it. Mick is really terrible. And he, like, steps on her glasses, and then she's like, Mick. And she has this look on her face, like, basically, like, he'd spilled something on her. And then she just goes throughout the rest of the movie not needing her glasses at all. Like, she just... It's that classic um, nerd girl thing where people are like, ah, if only the nerdy girl would take off her glasses. And then it's like, well, she would be so beautiful. Because that happened to both of them. Because then Mick got his hair messed up, and she was like, whoa, you're hot now. (laughs) Mick, wow. That's it. He got his hair messed up. Right. And then suddenly he was beautiful, and then she lost her glasses, and suddenly she was beautiful. I think it's kind of funny, though, because they didn't really have, like, a hair swept back, she's beautiful now moment either. They actually broke it's like they forgot to write the rest of it. they only had one pair. 
on set. And they were just like, well, I guess just pretend you don't need them anymore. Like, she was walking fine by herself. She didn't trip. She never, like, fell. It's just like she became... She never said, I can't see anything because I'm blind. Maybe that's a property of, like, traveling interdimensionally. Your body would be, like, renewed and you would, like, live forever. Um, that is obviously more thought that than they ever put into the technology for this. So, so <laughs> what about you, Abby? What are your highs and lows? My low was, uh... Throughout the film, whenever there was, like, a servant character or, like, a barkeep or whatever, they used these strange puppets, which I call human-toothed gremlins, <laughs> because they had human teeth, and they were very small and clearly not a dinosaur, but, like, scaly and lumpy and gremlins, so human-toothed gremlins. Yeah, what? I don't know. I don't know anything about it. Every time they popped up, I just screamed. <laughs> I screamed. Why? Why is this here? And they're like bartenders and elevator attendants, which is like... Wait, maybe the dinosaurs were just like, we need servants, but we don't want to do that stuff. So let's go uh, engineer these human-toothed gremlins to do the job for us. Oh, God. Oh, what if they were the human-dinosaur hybrids that just didn't work? Oh, God. And it was just... They were just disgusting. And that's why none of them walk around, because they don't have functioning legs, because they're all fucked up. Oh, my God. Abby. Anyway, so my high... I think was also kind of coupled with a low moment, like a really low moment. They're, they have to go distract guards. All of the dude characters look at Jamie, the girl character, and they're just like, eh. And then, of course, sex her up, and they're just like, go seduce the guard or whatever. <sighs> she does that, but then when they get too close, she hits him with a club. And I'm like, yeah, you did it. You did a thing. And then the other people come around the corner and are just like, hey, we were supposed to hit him with the club. And she's like, well, I didn't feel like waiting for you guys. Which is cool. So I was okay with that. That was cool. Like, she did get sexed up, but at least she owned it. And she was just like, no, I don't need these fucking men to tell me what to do. I want to beat the shit out of these guys by myself because I can. So that was nice. Not perfect at all. (laughs) Awesome. So, Abby, do you want to introduce the show we're going to watch next? Ah, yes. So the next show we're going to watch is a strange Australian program called Round the Twist. It was suggested by a listener. Uh, and I am pretty excited for it. It was pitched to me as a Twilight Zone for kids. That sounds fun. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it sounds really fun. We're only going to watch the first season, because that's how we do. Yeah, it's like a little bit long. How long is it? It's four seasons long, but it's spanned over like ten years. Hmm. When I saw that, I was like, oh my god, ten years, we can never do this. But it was only four seasons, and they were really far apart. (laughs) I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be really fun. Hooray! Everybody, tune in next time for a really fun time where we aren't just going to bash it the whole time. Well, we didn't bash it the whole time. Oh, yeah, there are positive things. Yeah, we find stuff in everything to talk about, and that's important. Okay, everybody. See you next time. Cartoon World of Rock and Stone, Volcano Blows, Fortissimo.